Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast sponsored by Toro University, where we're going to help you find a way to balance your Toro values with your chosen career. And joining us for episode four is none other than Naeem Kaplan, who graduated from Lander College for Men with a degree in accounting, sat his CPA, worked as a senior in KPMG, and is now working in Deutsche Bank. How did he get there? How is he staying from with it all? Why don't you listen along? Hello and welcome back to The Chosen Career, where I'm joined today by Naeem Kaplan. Naeem Kaplan is currently at Deutsche Bank. I'm Deutsche at Bank, Bank now. I was but at was at KMPG. Sorry, we were practicing which way it was. KPMG. KPMG. That's the one. Um, so KPMG and then into Deutsche Bank right now. And you actually majored here in accounting, correct? That's correct. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about how you, just a little bit who you are and then how you got into and Deutsche Bank now. Yeah, certainly. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back to my alma mater. I love this place. I spent a lot of uh, time sleeping on the floors here and in the <laughs> library, studying late nights. So I'm having a lot of uh, nostalgic memories uh, being back here right now. Uh-huh. So how long ago were you here? I was here about, uh, I've been out of college for about four and a half years. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I guess starting all the way back from, from my childhood, um, grew up right around here, Queens, New York. Um, and you know, went to traditional route, went to yeshiva, you know, and all that, and st- uh, started off actually in Yosode, so uh, in high school, so that was like, you know, already kind of had a shoe in to Landers, like it was already mm-hmm. being preached to me, you should go to Landers, because it was, you know, um, obviously connected. And, you know, starting out, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I was always interested, you know, if I look back kind of at my um, my childhood of like what interested me and what hobbies I had, aside from, you know, the, the general things like exercise and playing tennis and all that sort of stuff. Um, I always gravitated to markets and how money was being moved around in this, you know, in in the economy. And, 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 it, and it was really interesting to me that, you know, there's billions and trillions of dollars being, you know, transacted every single day. Um, and I wanted to understand how people got so rich and made so much money doing this and how it all worked. You know, it seemed like a very complicated and um, unclear path. So I decided um, I was going to go to Landers. But as a kid, you were already looking into this stuff? Yeah, I, I mean, you I was read- reading books about this as far as wow. I could remember. Like when I was 12 or 13, I read something called The Intelligent Investor, which is a very popular investment book. Um, so yeah, it was always interesting to me. Uh, there was no one in school who was forcing me to do this. I just kind of found it to be interesting. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I decided I was going to Landers. Um, I started, and, and, I, and when I started in Landers, I still didn't exactly know what I wanted to do from a, from a major standpoint. So I, I met with um, Professor Beagle, who's the you know, head of finance here at Landers. And he told me, you know, you, you got to take a basic accounting course. That's the language of, you know, that's the language of finance. You need to take an accounting course to understand some of it. So I took one with Professor Hershkowitz, who, you know, I can't speak more highly of. Uh, you know, he's really held my hand through everything. I still speak to him regularly. Um, I give him job updates. I come in sometimes um, just to speak with him, um, even now. You know, so we, we have a very strong and, and, and long relationship. That's really incredible that, like, still, what, four years out of college, you're still in contact yeah. with your professors. Yeah. That's what, what, from your first year? Uh, accounting 101 was that it yeah yeah so I started off um, in accounting with Professor Hirsch yeah like I'm still I still speak to him on a regular basis we email back and forth um, and I come here whenever I'm seeking advice or I feel kind of like a little bit stuck I'll I'll, I'll seek him out so I um, so I started in accounting and I took one course and in high school I wasn't super you know prestigious or you know I I wasn't you know a workhorse in, in high school I think I was a little bit too young to be as disciplined as I soon became in college um, but I kind of like fell in love with the challenge of the class mm. and the way like 
Professor Hershkowitz kind of gave it over and um, it all made sense. It started things like made sense. And I was like, wow, this is a really interesting skill. Like stuff is actually connecting. And like I was seeing the results, you know, getting, you know, scoring high on exams. So I'm like, all right, you know, let me take another accounting course. And um, I took another one and then it just turned into, okay, I'm just going to go for accounting because Mm -hmm. in the classroom, it's super interesting. Um, So I did that. Long story short, right? And I graduated. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, what did you find interesting about accounting that you didn't, like, not that you didn't find finance, like, interesting, but there must have been, there was more of a pull to accounting there. But, like, yeah, it's also accounting is four years, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 150, cre- 150 credits to yeah. sit that you need to sit for the CPA if you are on the CPA track, which yeah. I was planning to do. Um, I think what I found interesting about it was it was, one, it was pretty logical, um, and I like to think I'm a pretty logical person. So I liked it from that standpoint. And it was kind of like a puzzle. And there was like a yes or no answer at the end of it. Like mm-hmm. does something balance or, you know, like um, it's, it was like mathematical in a way that like you would know if something was right or wrong. So there was always like that aspect of like a validation um, and an instant gratification if you got it right, yeah. you know. So I liked that about it. And finance just seemed a little bit more unclear. I didn't really know what like certification I would be going for. I mean, some people do something called like a CFA. Um, but I didn't know if it was as clear cut as accounting. Accounting seemed like it had a very clear path mm-hmm. um, to a job and a very clear path in terms of the education. So I wanted to go in as well and just understand straight from the get go, you're saying that it's a lot more clear to go, like job wise, you go, come straight out of college and you can pretty much get a job if you have a CPA, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you could you could technically get a job even without a CPA. Most yeah. people starting. Do you want to explain as well what CPA is and CF- CFA? Yeah. These. Well, well, you know, so coming out with a CPA mm. is, you know, mo- most people don't like it, like when I work, I worked at KPMG, right? So when I was there, majority of the first years didn't have um, didn't have CPA. So I actually took a little bit of time after uh, after college to study for the CPA. And yeah. I, I would highly suggest anybody who has a job, try to work something out with with the company to give you some time mm-hmm. to, to can, take it. So can you just explain again what the CPA actually is? Yeah, so CPA is, you know, the, the, the designation for a certified public accountant. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what that gives you is the, the ability to, you know, you're you're signing off on financial statements. It's kind of like your responsibility. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could open your own firm as your, as a CPA, as opposed to ha- having to hire one to, you know, sign off on stuff. You are the person that would do that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of people who are very successful in accounting and don't have CPAs. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if you want to make it past um, senior, so if you want to be a manager, for example, or a partner um, at a large company or probably even a smaller company, it's, 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 um, it's a prerequisite. You need mm-hmm. to have it. So in my mind, I was like, I already went through all the schooling. I'm going to go 100%, and I want to get the CPA. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's exactly what I did. Got the CPA. It was a grueling process, a lot of sacrifice. I missed friends' weddings. I missed, you know, family events, um, nights out. It was just, you know, studying was my only focus, mm-hmm. um, and getting those tests done was all I thought about. When you look back now, is that something you're happy you missed out on all of those friends' weddings and stuff? I wouldn't say I'm happy I missed out on them, but, but I, I'm saying, do you are you proud that you you put through it, or would you do you wish you had gone to more of those things? 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the, I think of it as like the pursuit of happiness. Like you have to eat a lot of dirt before you eventually get to that like pinnacle or whatever you're working towards. And then mm-hmm. you kind of see everything a bit more clearly. So throughout the process, um, you know, and you know, you, ha- you, have, you have more, you know, you're more anxious and you know, you're more worried and you're thinking, what if I pass and when will I pass? And you know, all these, all, all these what ifs basically going through your mind all the time. Um, but when you finally, like the day that I passed, um, it's like euphoria and you're walking on clouds for mm. like weeks. Um, I would say aside from like, let's say my bar mitzvah, which is obviously, uh, you know, it's a big accomplishment. Um, the passing the CPA might've, might've been my, the, the maybe, maybe the happiest moment of my life. Really? Yeah. I, I, and I, that might sound a little bit like nerdy to say, but it was, it, but it wasn't necessarily CPA. It could have been anything. It was just like and putting I, yourself through the ringer mm-hmm. and then seeing the result on the other side. Um, for like a two-year process, more or less, is like something I I try to replicate in other things, yeah. and I and I and I pull from that experience because it was so powerful mm-hmm. and gave me su- such such a such a great feeling to do that. And listen, I mean, the feeling does wear off, right? Like nothing lasts forever. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think trying to seek out things that are hard, and then using those to you know using those experiences to make yourself feel like a you know an empowered individual and someone who can contribute to a society in a meaningful way, I think is, you know, something that it really, it really taught me and I took away from it. That's incredible. So can you go and explain a little bit, just in the accounting in general, what, for someone who would want to go down that route, what job opportunities are there? Because I know like there's all the thing, there's tax, like there's like, I guess, um, forensics, all, um, yeah, accounting there's well. consulting. Um, and like you, you can open up your own firm. Sure. Like, you want to, do you want to go and explain a little bit about each of them? And like, especially I want to hear like, what does that mean to be able to open up your own accounting firm? Sure. That, like yeah. for a lot of things, like that's a, it's a very big deal to open up your own firm. So can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, certainly. I mean, um, you know, it's, accounting is something that is pretty transferable because like I said earlier, it's the language of business, right? So anyone who works basically any job in accounting or finance is going to need to understand how to read read a basic financial statement and how to, you know, speak to those sorts of things. So you get that in accounting. Now in finance, they might look at things not from something called gap is getting a little technical, but gap, a gap perspective, which is like the accounting perspective. So they Mm -hmm. don't use that as frequently because it's not necessarily as concrete in terms of cash, like dollar numbers as accounting. Um, but it's, it's still like kind of the necessity and the baseline to take some accounting courses like Professor Beagle originally advised me. Um, but you know, you don't have to stick to accounting. It gives you a lot of opportunity um, outside of accounting as well. You know, I mean, obviously like look at me now, right? Like not doing accounting, something mm-hmm. in finance that, you know, people went to finance, uh, they, they, they got MBAs and you know, they, they, have, they have CFAs and you know, I have a CBA, but I'm still working with them and I'm still performing at a similar level. Um, so it's not only accounting. Now, within accounting, you do have tax and you do have audit, which is what I did. Um, and they all, you know, they, they all have, a, you know, slight differences, obviously. Like you're still looking at, you know, it's still going to be looking at numbers and, you know, trying to do similar things. But tax is going to be more on like, I, I guess, like it's 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 more understanding the tax code and how to, you know, you know, ma- maximize, you know, maximize what these individuals can make and how to kind of avoid the little like tax, you know, tax issues. Um, and audit is is kind of more from the perspective of like you go into a company and they say, you know, these are our numbers and then you're the one to be like, okay, is this correct or not? Uh, yeah. On a very kind of simplified level. Um, 
So those are some of the, some of the differences. And you know, some people, it, it really depends. Like some people gravitate more towards audit. Some people gravitate more towards tax or consulting. I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer of like which to go into. Mm-hmm. It's more a matter of, of, of preference, I would say. So which route did you go down? Like, like was there a difference between the route that you started down and the route where you're at now? Well, I sort of the whole way through you went the same route. Which what which path did you go down? Well, I started an audit. Yeah. So I started an audit in financial services. So we're auditing uh, primarily banks. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, think of you know your investment bank at Goldman Sachs or something. Sure. Um, and that was mainly what I did. I mean, we did audits on some other companies, some retail retail clients, but primarily uh, banks. And um, I guess like talking about how I kind of got to where I am now, I just. Um, I did it for three and a half years. I made it, I made it to senior, um, and there is a you know a big step up in responsibility when you make it from associate to senior. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's the difference between these? As in, obviously, there's a level of power that goes into it, but as in, how do you move up in that level? Um, so that I mean, it's usually about two years from when yeah. you start. You you would get promoted. Um, usually, you know, you're being you're being evaluated. Um, you know, maybe quarterly, maybe annually, depending on the firm, and um, there are certain goals you have to hit. Um, productivity goals, social goals, cultural goals, you know, all these sorts of things. And um, you have to constantly be on top of those and you have to maintain good relationships with uh, the higher ups and mm-hmm. the people that you report to uh, because those will be, those people will eventually vouch for you. Mm-hmm. So I know people personally who didn't have the great relationships that let's say I had, even though they performed extremely well in their job and they, they didn't make it to the next step because yeah. they didn't maintain the same, um, the same quality of a relationship with those people that actually matter. Um, so that was really important, and um, you know, in doing those things, I got I got promoted, especially during a very challenging time in COVID when yeah. a lot of people were laid off. Um, so it was very challenging, you know, seeing some of my peers getting laid off, and you know, I was getting promoted at that time, so I was you know pretty fortunate. But you know, it took a lot of effort and time. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you moved on to Deutsch. Yes. Yeah, so last, this, yeah, like six months ago, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. During COVID, you know, I was, it was work from home and I think I had a lot of time to like kind of take a step back. You know, every day was when I was going in was, you know, it was kind of the same thing. Um, and I got into, into a certain place of like complacency, like I knew what I was doing, but it was also not as stimulating as I thought it, it should be or I wanted it to be. Um, and I lost interest pretty quickly in the job, even though I did it for um, longer than a lot of associates that I knew, like the turnover in the big four is extremely high. Mm-hmm. Well, the big four. Uh, the big four is it's KPMG, Ernst and Young, uh, PwC, uh, PwC, and they say the fourth one. No Goldman Sachs. No, no Goldman Sachs yeah. is a bank. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's PwC, Ernst and Young, mm-hmm. uh, KPMG, and Deloitte. So those are the big right. four, and. Um, yeah, those, the firms are, you know, I mean, again, like I said, a lot of turnover. Um, it is prestigious in the sense that, like, you do see a lot of, you're dealing with very large companies, um, like, you know, all the, mainly the Fortune 500 companies. So you're sitting in the board with, you know, in a meeting room with, uh, you know, real, you know, real impressive individuals. And you're like just a year out of college. So it's kind of, you know, in- interesting from that sense. And you won't get that in, in most jobs. Uh, but with that said, you know there there is a level of responsibility, and there was a lot of t- a lot of time and effort that you need to put into the job. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, getting back on track, I just I, I didn't really see myself, you know, making a career there long term. Um, and I said, all right, if there's a time to switch jobs, it's going to be now because the ter- there was a lot of turnover in the market, um, a lot of uncertainty. Um, so I kind of took advantage of that. 
and then I, 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 I took a little bit of a hiatus, took like a month off from work, um, and just like said, all right, what do I want to do? And I came across equity, equity research, which is what I do now at Deutsche Bank. And um, it really spoke to me because I, I kind of looked back at my past and like what was interesting to me. And like I, like I told you before, you know, uh, investing in you know, stocks and the markets and stuff were interesting um, and how it, how it all kind of played out. So I said, you know what, let me, let me try getting a job in you know, equity research. I didn't know too much about it. I didn't really know it was such an, such an industry. You know, I, I knew there were analysts on TV talking about this stock is going up, this stock is going down, but I didn't completely understand the day-to-day and how it all kind of worked. You know, once you get in, it's a very interesting way that it all works. You know, you're like in that world that, you know, you start seeing things that you didn't understand. Um, Can you explain a little bit what equity research is, just like as a basic concept? Yeah, yeah. So equity research is, I mean, it's kind of what it sounds like. It's like, it's a research role, researching equities, um, usually in the division within an investment bank. Um, So Deutsche Bank is an investment bank as well. And um, what you do is, you know, it's really um, a lot of, just a lot, it's a lot of research, right? So it's understanding the company. So you'll have a certain, let's say your coverage universe. So you'll cover a specific sector and you'll cover specific stocks and you, you have to know you know, really everything that's going on with those companies. Those companies are your responsibilities. Um, and what equity research does as a function is like, it's kind of the liaison between, um, it's the liaison between the company. So let's say Apple, okay, for example, and a hedge fund or a pension fund or a mutual fund who wants to put that money to work, but they, you know, they need to learn more about these companies and, and you are the middleman, like I said, who bridges that gap because they don't have time to call, you know, 20 companies. So they can just call me, let's say, and if I know those 20 companies, I could say, yeah, I spoke to company X, Y, and Z, um, you know. You're this, like almost vouching for them? You're not really vouching for them. You're kind of just, um, I mean, you, you, you could give you, you know, your own opinion, but you're, you're taking, you know, the information that you understood from those companies, from speaking to them and learning about them and, and, and translating it to the, you know, to, to the hedge fund or pension fund or whatever it may be, who has the money to put to work. We don't like, our division doesn't actually invest. We provide the advice to the people who invest, and those people are called the buy side. Um, that's the, again like the hedge funds and, and and those people, and and we're the sell side. Um, the investment bank is a sell side in terms of we're the ones like selling the research and selling this information to the buy side. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people are going to be very interested in, especially like equity research. Sounds like a very fascinating thing and something that in the long term is probably going to be very fruitful, but. How would you say for someone who is currently now in college or even thinking about college, who let's say their goal right now is their dream job is equity research, what kind of steps would you say they should be taking to get to where you are right now? Do you think they should follow the exact same steps that you followed or do you think there's a, a easier path necessary? Or do you think that maybe you shouldn't be going down the easier path? Maybe you should be going down this long journey and building yourself up to that. Yeah, I, th- I think someone who really knows what they want in terms of like, okay, now I want to be in the finance world, should go for finance. Like, I think mm. that's the most logical. Um, and, you know, Landers has a very strong finance department. Um, mm. So there's a lot of great professors, a lot of great resources here to, to get you there. Um, I, I believe when I was here, they used to have a Bloomberg terminal, mm. um, which is essentially, you know, it's, it's, it's Bloomberg and it's a, it's, it's a program and there is some hardware, but it's a, mainly a program that um, provides you all a wealth of financial information like at your fingertips. So, and I, you know, we at the bank, we use that every single day. So having that here and using that, for example, you know, there's something, I believe there's a Bloomberg certification, some sort of 
Bloomberg exam that you can take to use the basic functionality. Um, I think that that would be somewhere to start. Um, there's also a lot of courses on financial modeling you can take. Um, and that stuff, again, you're going to be using day to day on the job. So mm. there is some financial modeling. And the last piece is like, um, there is some, there is a lot of writing because you are publishing research reports. So having a strong writing background is also going to be very helpful, specifically for equity research. Um, even investment banking, it's going to be pretty, probably pretty helpful to know how to use those tools, know how to use Excel, know how to use PowerPoint, you know, all those um, sorts of tools. Um, so, you know, doing all that together, if you come out of college, you went for finance, you've, you know, you've done all your homework and you, and you really know that stuff. Getting a job in finance, I think, will be, I don't want to say, I don't want to say easy. You never know how the job market's going to yeah, be. But easier. But, yeah, but easier and you'll be prepared, you know. And, and I would strongly encourage everyone to also try to get internships while you're in college. That's yeah. something, that's how I got my job at KPMG. I mean, I got an internship when I was in college. Yeah. Um, and when I got out, got out, I didn't have to look. I already had a job uh, set up pretty they, much. They already, because of this internship, they were like, we're happy to have you. Yeah, hundred exactly. Wow, and and that's the way it works for a lot of these companies. I mean, um, you know, most companies they they they, they, they a large percentage of their hires are interns. Yeah. Um. So if you don't have any internships in college, and then you come out of college, you're kind of behind the eight ball because everyone else interned, you know, the last three four years, and you haven't done any. Mm-hmm. Now you're starting from scratch, whereas everyone else has already, you know, basically basically had it set up. So, so can you tell me a little bit about the internship process? Like, is it very hard to get? Like, I assume it's a very prestigious company so is it hard to get into it how was the run through of that yeah to get an internship I, I will say um the way i got mine was a bit unconventional mm. we didn't have um you know kpmg i don't believe came to our career fairs i did att- attend the career fair but i don't remember they were there that year um and i wanted to work at the big four so i took a little bit of an unconventional approach where i started reaching out personally to anyone and everyone at the big four and just started sending emails in my resume. I mean, I was probably very annoying to them because, you know, same firm probably got my email a hundred times, a hundred different people. Um, and I turned into this numbers game where, you know, I'd send a hundred emails and, you know, five people would respond and one person would be like, okay, I got you an interview. But, you know, I think you had to be a little bit like scrappy and, and and be a little bit gritty to get it. Um, Maybe a hustle in these situations. Yeah. Yeah. I think you had to. And I mean, let's be honest, like, Turo doesn't have as much alumni as some of these other schools. You know, yeah. we don't have a hundred thousand alumni. So, mm. um, so I think you have to, you know, break in and, and make yourself known a little bit more mm. and, and take a more proactive approach than yeah. what it used to be. It's but funny. I will say yeah. that, you know, um, Jody, who's the head of career services here is epic. No phenomenal. <laughs> um, she's, she's the one who arranges all of this. Yeah. 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 She's she epic. is, she's a great person, yeah. um, which I think is the most important thing, but uh, in terms of what she does, she's extremely talented. She's very aggressive in terms of you know, reaching out to people and forging connections in a lot of you know prestigious companies. Also, she's set up this new thing that's like a, um, a core requirement now. It's like communication workshop to actually be able. I'm I'm taking it next semester, I think, and it's like being able to actually like communicate with people, have interview skills, all of these other things. I like the basic things that you would think of obvious but like for sure it's just it's very good to build up these skills already and like that's the whole thing that they're trying to and i i think since you're since you're last here like the actual alumni basis has like grown for sure pretty extensively like we're having career fairs like i think twice every uh, semester now and like you're seeing you're seeing like the kind of people are coming through and like you're constantly making connections with them which is honestly like it's every like i i, I think i know which route i'm going down but like every time i go speak with someone at the career fairs I'm like, wow, okay, this, this is actually an interesting opportunity. Maybe if one path doesn't work out, this may work out. Yeah. It's quite interesting there. 
Yeah, I think Lander in general has come a very long way mm-hmm. um, in establishing itself as a really, you know, very, very strong place to mm-hmm. start, um, you know, your college, to start in college and to, yeah. and, and to, you know, basically look for something after. It's going to be a little bit easier because, you know, we are, our presence is, is greater and we do have people in, you know, some very prestigious institutions and, yeah. and the people coming out of Lander's are generally pretty smart individuals. It's a smart, very smart bunch of people um, in terms of the students and and, and the professors. Yeah. Um, and now we're officially Toro University. I think. Right. So that's As a this massive upgrade. Coming out, we're going to be uh, officially Toro University. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's good that they're recognizing them. I mean, exactly. I know we're also, you know, expanding our presence, you know, physically, I uh-huh. think, in, 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 um, in Times in, Square, in Times Square right? in the, go, heart, the heart of the, the city. It, this used to be like subliminal messaging throughout the uh, podcast. This is straight out. Just come to Toro. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, going to the career fairs and, and mm-hmm. doing the networking and, and those it's sorts of things is thing. super important. And, mm-hmm. and, and to touch on something you said about, you know, being able to, to communicate properly, um, you can't underestimate that. Yeah. That is huge. Um, I'm, not to, I'm not saying technical skills don't matter, but, but in the early stages of an interview process to get you to the stage where there might be more technical questions, mm-hmm. uh, they have to like you as a person. Yeah. Um, you're going to be spending more time with these people probably than your families. Um, and that was something I was told originally when I started working and I thought they were like a little nuts. I'm like, uh-huh. that, that sounds weird, but it's true. Um, unfortunately or fortunately, if you like them. So you really have to know how to just be a human being mm-hmm. and not just a gonna, computer. I was going to ask, what do you think are good character traits for someone who wants to go in into finance or into accounting, um, to like have within them? Like you've mentioned a couple of them. So can you explain a little bit about what yeah. do you think is something that you need to be having? Um, I guess in ter- from a social standpoint or like from both to be able to be to do well in the in these fields yeah I think well you know the a research job and an accounting job is you know it, it's not so much client it's not so much so much client facing you know um, sorts of skills that you need necessarily so early on because mm-hmm. you are going to be working more in an office you'll be working with a team so you do need it from that perspective but you won't be like you know pitching investors or whatever in your yeah. first year or so so I'm you don't need to worry too much about that but um Looking you know, back at your own history of like your hard work and your motivation, do you think those are key character traits that everyone needs, or you think there were speci- there were specific ones that helped you and people can don't necessarily need them? Yeah. So I mean, I will say from like yeah, from like personal experience, being kind of like relentless, mm-hmm. and I used the word before, but I'll use it again, like being gritty and and you know doing the things that the other people don't want to do is going to give you a leg up because if everyone's leaving the library at six or seven and you're staying there till eleven or twelve, um, that might seem excessive. But if that's going to give you the leg up, you know, that's what you need to do. And if you really think about it, and it sounds a little bit cutthroat, but everyone to a degree is going to be your competition. If you're not filling that seat, someone else is filling that seat. Um, So you have to do kind of whatever it takes within your ability. You know, you can't kill yourself, but you got to do anything you can do within your ability to, you know, be the best person for that role. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you do, they'll see that on interview day or they'll see that on your first day of work because, you know, you've done the homework and um, you persevered. Um, so that's going to be definitely well appreciated. So you need to really be able to push and be gritty and do things that, you know, other people might be, you know, this is a little bit nuts, but like, you know, to be in these institutions and perform at a high level, that's kind of what you have to do, at least in your early years until you kind of, you know, maybe, you know, make, make a little bit of a name for yourself or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is also work-life balance thing. So you can't completely burn yourself out, but you need to know, you know, when to really push and when mm-hmm. you could like, all right, I need to lay off a little bit. Yeah. Um, and just be, 
you know, a good team member. Just be there, be on time. Um, and these things might not sound hard, but a lot of people mess these things up. Yeah, um, time management is a big thing, especially yeah. in college. It's very hard to be like, for us, Shuffles is 7.45. Like you're just about waking up like 7.30, you're, you're running into it, like you're not into it. I assume your day starts pretty early. Yeah. And like, and you have to be on time for every single thing. Like. Well, I assume that's a big skill that needs to be. Uh... Yeah, I mean, your your first test of discipline every day is you know getting your head off the pillow. You know, yeah. you're in your bed and it's comfy and it's warm and you just want to stay in bed all day. And then you're like, all right, well, it's five thirty in the morning, but I need to get up and I need to get on a bus and it's raining and you yeah. know and it's not pleasant. But but I think it's you know pe- people right? who are yeah self disciplined and and relentless. You know, those are the people who are going to kind of come out on top, and the people who hit snooze and whatever. You know, that's it. You're 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 behind everybody else. You know, everyone's yeah. up and doing things, and you're kind of still falling behind. So that's that's you know really important. And then you know, be, dealing with a team again in any of these banks, in any of these accounting firms, you're going to be dealing with lots of teams, lots of people, people from different backgrounds, different parts of the world. Some people might not even really speak English that well. You know, it's so different languages. Um, you have to be able to adjust, and you have to just be. A human being and be relatable. If you're, you know, completely antisocial and you know you don't know how to communicate with people at all and you're not approachable, people won't approach you, yeah. <laughs> and you'll kind of just be that guy in the corner, you know, sitting alone. So mm-hmm. you want to be able to be the guy who, like, people are just like freely able to come to and speak to, and sure. and um, you know, and like you said, that, those will be the things that will allow you to be promoted. Those will be yeah, those for sure. extra factors that will help you. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like like. I think my promotion was based on me really having strong relationships. Yeah. And when I saw some people who didn't get promoted, I think it was because they had poor relationships, even if their work product was very strong. So you kind of need both. Interesting. So I want to go a little bit into advice right now. I want to, I don't want to put you on the spot, but like, do you have, I want to hear what maybe the best advice you got and maybe what the worst advice you got. Mm. And so like, if there's certain things that like people test you on, I know you mentioned one of the things, we don't have to go into the names of uh, people who told you you couldn't do it and stuff like that. So I'm going to go a little bit into like advice, bad advice, etc. Okay, so maybe I'll start with the bad advice one first. I think that might be a little bit of a harder one. Um, hmm. Bad advice, yeah, I mean, I could think of people probably pretty early on, maybe in my childhood, maybe high school, um, who, you know, who would kind of like put labels in terms of your ability. So they'll say, Nah, you know, I don't think you can do that. Like, you're not smart enough to do that because you, you know, you failed this test or whatever. And I think that's, you know, that's pretty damaging, especially when you're still developing, when you're in high school, uh, even when in your early stages of college, for somebody to tell you, hey, you're not good enough, or, you know, this is not, this might not be for you. And I mean, sometimes there might be merit, like, you know, you have to be realistic to a degree. But I would say more often than not, they're either jealous or they're trying to pull it, pull you down with them because you're succeeding and they're not. So you need to really be able to block out a lot of noise. Um, and again, I've had some comments like that, you know, thrown at me as you know probably many other people have as well. Um, but you have to learn how to take that apart and be like, no, I don't care what this guy says. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go 110 percent, even if it like you know drives me mad. If this is really what I want, I mean, if this is really what you want. Um, you know, I'm not going to put that label on me. So don't limit your potential, right? And a lot of the stuff is just mindset. Like if you think you can't do it, you might just be like, oh, I guess I can't do it. And that'll be it. And you'll walk away. But if you're like, you know what? I can do it. Even if you, you're extending your abilities, you're really stretching yourself. There's a good chance you could probably do it if you push hard enough. So mm-hmm. don't let those like kind of labels, um, you know, get in the way of you achieving what you want to achieve. So that, that I would say is 
I guess the bad advice, but flipping it to, to being good advice. advice. Yeah. Um, Do you have specific cases where people gave you good advice, or where you had mentors or something that that told you certain things that led you to place where you are now? Yeah, I, I think a big thing for me, and um, you know, having I think having a strong um, family foundation definitely helps. Like having my parents and. You know, having having um, you know, listening to a lot of podcasts and stuff around self help and learning how to quiet the voices in your mind, um, be it on a test or on the day to day, things can get very hectic and very overwhelming, and you might get anxious and you might start getting down on yourself and thinking, oh, I'm not good enough and I'm stupid and this and that. And you have to learn, I think, how to quiet those voices. And you know, you can work on breathing patterns, you can work on yoga and meditation. I mean, there's all sorts of ways that you could do that. Um, but I think having a family that kind of supports you or even you know, if it's not family, if it's a girlfriend or a friend or just someone to speak to you um, who can calm you down in those situations and learn how to quiet those voices, I think will give you the advantage to execute at a super high level when everyone is flustered and everyone is kind of like, you know, grabbing around in the dark. You'll be the one who's level headed. And I mean, I think that's a characteristic of a leader as well, that you're the one that's cool in a situation where everyone is completely discombobulated and confused. So yeah. having that, I think is, yeah, I think is huge. Amazing. So the next topic that I think I want to go into is more diving into like the from kite side of things. Sure. So I want to know, just generally, would you say that accounting, finance, these kind of jobs, they're like from friendly, I guess is the right way to put it. Do you think like it's possible to be thriving in them and still be able to hold up a from life? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it is, um, it's possible, and I think I've achieved that. It's, um, you know, I will say it is a bit more challenging. Like, you do have to wake up a little bit earlier because you got to dive in, um, and, you know, sometimes in the middle of the day, you got to try to also find a minion for Mincha, let's say. So it, it is a little bit more challenging uh, from that degree, but... Do you have any, like, stories of, like, times that it was very challenging? Uh, you don't have to if there's... Yeah, I, I mean, like, it, you know, like, for example, like, sometimes when I go to work now, like, I'll leave when it's dark outside, or yeah. I guess before they change the clock, but, like, it's it's dark outside, so I can't dab in chakras, let's say, in the morning, so I'll have to, I have to bring my tefillin to work, and, you know, and dab in there when it, when it gets light, so it's like, you're cutting out, you know, in the middle of the day, or not, you know, whatever, 8 o'clock, middle of the yeah. day, um, and you're going to, like, dab, and so I'll, like, you know, bring it, and I'll, like, dab in alone, like, in a room or something, you know, mm-hmm. to, like, make sure I get it in, but, you know, you couldn't dive with a full minion or you don't have the liberty to go out for an hour and find one. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you feel like your firm is understanding of... Yeah, things? yeah. I, I think any firm now, especially with, you know, the way things have been, I think people are very accepting of, like, you know, kind of like the religious values and culture. Like, I wear a yarmulke at work. I haven't got any, you know, mean or hateful comments or anything like that. Everyone's very understanding, and I work on a very diverse team. Um, there, there's Christians, Muslims, and yeah, we all get along, you know, because... We're all after the same thing, right? We just want to all just be successful and perform at a high level. So it's it's not, you know, it's not really a focus. Um, if anything, people ask. Some people are interested. You know, they're curious. Hey, like, you know, um, you know, what's w- w- like, um, what's the significance of like a yarmulke or like, you know, what's the significance of kosher? So, um, and even some Jews who might not be Orthodox have have come up to me and say, oh, by the way, you know, I'm also Jewish, and we'll kind of get to speaking about that. So, um, no, I, I've always these firms are generally pretty good about you know getting off on Shabbos and and um, those sorts of things. So I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be concerned about that mm. at all. So do you have like things that you live by to be able to stay like strong in like in this workplace? Like for example, like would you say, I don't know, one or two things that you would stay, that help you stay true to who you are, especially in this workplace? Yeah, in terms of from a, from, a from Jewish types. perspective, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so every day actually, I, I, I try to attend, um, there's some Zoom share, so I can't go to a share physically because I'm just at work. Um, but I do take some time for, for a Zoom share from a, for uh, one of my rabbis 
um, that I join every day. Uh, I do sometimes 12, 1230. Sometimes I do early in the morning at six o'clock, let's say if I'm on the bus. Um, so finding those pockets of time, I think has been important to kind of like ground me from, from a Yiddishkeit perspective. Um, and, you know, weaving that into the day, I think gives just your day more meaning, you know, Hey, I'm not just doing this, um, to make a couple dollars. Like there's real meaning towards this. I'm, I'm living a life where yes, I'm being productive in, you know, in the world, but at the same time, this money is for a higher purpose. You know, it, it is, you know, serving me from, you know, from a Jewish perspective, like I want to use it for Jewish things and I'll be able to give tzedakah and I'll be able to, uh, you know, eventually let's say send my, my kids to, you know, Jew, a Jewish school. So there is a level of elevation that you could bring to just like the mundane day of just like working. It's amazing. So now I we're gonna we're gonna outro in a second, but I want you specifically right now to talk directly to someone who's thinking of going down the straight the same path as you. I want you to give advice to him on like what his next steps are, what what you think he should know going into this. Just talk straight to him or her, whoever's listening right now. I want you to talk to them and give them the best advice. You can even look into the camera if you're listening on the audio right now. We are we are recording <laughs> on camera as well. I don't know. Uh, the camera might break the camera. <laughs> Oh. All right. So give them give them advice. Tell them tell them what you think their their next steps are and how they should go down. Who they should be speaking to. Yeah, I guess to clarify, like what what level um what level is this person at? Are they or are so? Let's say someone who's right now is thinking about going into college. They're just about to head into college, or maybe someone who's in college but is, is just they're just in the beginning stages of that. I mean, and you can you can transition that into someone who's in the later stage of college, maybe in the last. Um, through a few semesters and I think of the CPA whatever it is you feel free to go whichever path you want to go yeah I, I, from from a more educational career perspective I would say you know try different things um, and I know that sounds like kind of general but that's something I wish maybe I did a little bit earlier on um, and what I mean by that is, you know, you could take classes that might be a little bit outside of your comfort zone. You know, you could speak to the professors who, you know, you're not in their class, but you're interested. Hey, like, I'm, inter I'm kind of interested in this class, you know, tell me more about it. Um, and, and leverage connections, even in the workplace, you know, speak to the career services department. Could you put me in contact with somebody in a job, in this job or that job? Um, and there's no harm in having those conversations. If anything, it's going to be a benefit to you, whether you go into that field or not. Um, you're going to learn and you're going to learn what's out there. And I think a big issue is people just don't know what's out there. So it's hard to make a decision. Like, how could you say coming out of college, I know exactly what I want when you haven't done those jobs, you haven't spoken to those people. So I think being as proactive as possible, um, because again, this is your, this is going to be your journey. This is going to be your career. And unless you drive it, you're going to, you're going to just, you're going to be another statistic. Um, and if you want to actually find something that's going to be meaningful to you, and you know, produce the, produce the sorts of value from a financial perspective or just from you know a self fulfillment perspective. You need to be the one to take the next step. So, I would say, you know, starting off in a good institution like Lander College is definitely a good first step. If you're already here, you've already made the correct first step. Um, so good for you. Um, but again, just be receptive, be proactive, um, and keep on working towards what you want and. If, like, if you're relentless and gritty enough and you do the things that the people that other people kind of are like a little bit off putting because they don't want to do it then you have to do those things and that will get you to where you want to go hopefully amazing thank you so much so we're gonna we've got a couple shtick questions that we uh, like to throw in here okay um every good podcast has to have some good sticks of course um so firstly one question that we want to know is if you are like a fly in the wall watching two people have dinner 
anyone dead or alive, wherever it could be, you can be Bill Gates, wherever. But who would you who would you say would be an interesting hmm. conversation to listen into? Well, I guess I'll, I'll exclude the Jewish figures, sure. and I'm going to exclude family members because sure. I feel like everyone's going to say answers. those, and those are yeah, those don't yeah. really count. Um, so aside from those, oh, I should. This is something I I should have really prepared before because yeah. I would have had some somebody <laughs> right at the tip of my tongue that would have been impressive. Um, hmm, that's a good one. I would need to say, well, I love baseball. Since I was young, I've loved baseball. So I'll have to say baseball player because that was like my first passion from a sports perspective. Um, so I'll say Babe Ruth. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah. And him, But he has to be having a conversation so with somebody. Yes, who is he talking to? Oh, that's tricky. <laughs> uh, Babe Ruth talking to... Hmm. That I'm taking, I might take back the Babe Ruth one. If it's two people having a conversation, I misunderstood that. Yes. Yeah. Um, hmm. he, he can be talking to his manager. I'm not holding in baseball. You can, you can. So whoever, whoever's that's he's, not so interesting. He's talking to his manager. <laughs> um, Someone who's giving like, tell me about Babe Ruth. Is he? Well, he's, he was a good baseball player. Good baseball player? <laughs> I've heard the name. But I just. Yeah, well, you're a Brit. What do you exactly. what, what do you know? There we go. Now <laughs> this is what we're looking for. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now. Um, yeah, I guess just him talking to like a team member, yeah. say, like Luke, Luke Gehrig or something. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Fine. So the next thing we want to know: within your office or your work environment, wherever it is, where would you say is a cool work and um, a cool place to take a go on a shidduch day? These are the fun ones. <laughs> Wait, outside of, outside of work, you're saying? No, within yeah. within your work environment. Within the office? Yeah. Is I mean, that? You probably have to go to the cafeteria. I mean, that's <laughs> that's all that's exciting. There's nothing. There's I mean, no, if you're eating food, if, no... if you're going to be cheap and not pay, yeah. then uh, you can just <laughs> walk up and down the stairs, uh, go in the elevator. There you go. It's great. Um, no, it happens to be uh, we our office is in Columbus Circle, and it's, yeah. it's a beautiful office. I mean, they just built it like a year ago during COVID. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, we have standing desks. We got you know, it's big windows. Um, we have we have we have a terrace um, overlooking Central Park because it's Columbus Circle, so wow. Central Park is right there. Sure. Well, they even allow Central Park to be included in this. Oh, so yeah, it's Central Park. Yeah, it's right okay, there. Fine. I mean, it's, it's right outside my office. You said in the building. Okay, I guess I'm saying your work environment. So, yeah. So, isn't it? Central Park. Central Park. Yeah, and there's actually like a little mall also kind of like connected yeah. to the building. So and we'll buy some flowers and then go to the park. Amazing. Fine. Yeah. So now, throwing out like all ideological and halakhic issues, wherever it is, what would you say would be your dream job, your dream location? Like if you could go anywhere and do anything in the world, what would it be? Hmm. That's a good question. And money's not a factor. I would probably do something related to sports, like to, to, just like if I could like train all day, like twenty hours a day, I think I'd be happy. Like yeah. doing training something like a, like uh, like triathlon, like endurance sports. Yeah. I love endurance sports. I like I like to run a lot. Um, so it's like triathlete is like they run, swim, and bike, and like that's basically all they do every single day. Yeah. Um, and they have the nutrition dialed in, and they're training like insane hours, but. Um, I, I over over the pandemic particularly, I think I've I've just like fallen kind of fallen in love with like running and and, and racing. I've done a couple a uh, couple marathons. Wow. Yeah. So awesome. like, and it gets me to a place I think mentally where you know a day to day job or being mundane can't really push you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I feel like you're all about that push. Yeah. I mean, you hate it when you do it, but when yeah. when you look back, you're like, oh, that was so worth it. So it's all about again, it's like that pursuit of like getting there and then when you get there you know sometimes it's it feels really good and sometimes it might be a little anticlimactic but it's like just like the journey yeah you know is like i feel like with the marathon you're training you're training for months and months and then yeah, so that, yeah that final there you like exactly so that like you. that state where you get into of like okay it doesn't become like such of a, so much of like a burden it's just like 
you get into the sort of like flow of like a groove of like, okay, I'm doing this every day, but like, I know what I'm doing. I know the paces that I have to go. I know the amount of effort. I know what my nutrition has to be. And it all kind of comes together on race day. Yeah. And then you execute that race and you hit the times and the splits and everything that you wanted to hit. It's like, okay, I did everything right. You know, this worked. And when you see the results, it's just like exciting. Yeah. So I love that process of like seeing the progression of like things getting better and then like executing. Awesome, awesome. Name, thank you so, so much for coming on. This is really interesting. I assume if people have questions, it's all right if I pass on to you. Yeah, um, for sure. And yeah, I hope, hopefully there other episodes are going to be coming out alongside this. So if we will have more careers coming along as well. Um, so feel free to tune in. Thank you so much, Name.